Welcome to the Commercial Kitchen Chronicles, the podcast dedicated to commercial food and community page. My name is Pat Thibbert, I'm a lead master certified technician at General Parts Group and a certified professional trainer. My goal is to shine a light on what I believe to be one of the most interesting and rewarding industries and field service systems you can work in. I love the work I do and I'm glad you're here listening to the podcast. In this episode, Dusty and I talk about intermittent issues and how to diagnose What's going on, everybody? Uh, tonight, me and Dusty are going to talk about uh, intermittent issues. Um, we run into them all the time. It's kind of weird. Um, it can be a, a big headache, a big uh, hassle to figure out, but sometimes it is what it is. So what's going on, Dusty? How are you tonight? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, you know, just kind of chilling out for the for the weekend and yeah. uh, been crazy busy. I, I think I had one day off in December until today. So I'm excited for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been pretty nuts. Um, we got a new on-call schedule starting the first year. It's going to be three of us, so that's going to be a, a, a bonus. Um, I, I won't mm-hmm. be main guy on call every other week, but uh, I'll still have to do backup stuff for some of the stuff the other guys don't work on but in tech support, but that beats actually being the guy out there every other weekend. So That's true. There we go. <laughs> so, no, you brought the topic talking about intermittent issues, and uh, that's a pretty good topic. Um, I mean, guys will get beat up on that stuff all the time. You've ran anything recently on that, or just a talking point? Or, uh, <laughs> uh, what well, with the intermittent? Sorry, my internet lagged out right there. You're good. Um, mainly just you know, because I was thinking the past couple of weeks, uh, and then all this week, just you know, while I'm working, I'll think of like ideas we can bring up or something you know I'd want to touch base on, and then I don't write them down and I forget them. Uh, so I'm, I guess I'm the main thing that. Dude, I'm like, I've had probably five quality ideas. I'm like, oh, it'll be perfect. And then you asked me that. And I was like, dang, I have no idea. <laughs> start writing stuff down, man. Start writing stuff down. So, but no, I, mean, um, for, I write stuff. For you guys who don't know what intermittent issue is, it's, you know, you get there and the unit's working, um, you know, or you get there and you reset a high limit and it runs fine for an hour or so and you take off, you know, and the next day it goes out again. So that's the kind of stuff we run into in our line of work. Um, like one example I'll use right off the bat is it's cold right now. So this, it's a hot topic. It's uh, headmasters mm. on refrigeration, on walk-ins and stuff, you know, with outdoor condensing units. Um, right now, if you have a headmaster, you're low on charge, you'll be bypassing and, you know, your system won't keep up. So, but what happens is, say in October, you know, it starts getting cold at night. Customer comes in in the morning and their box will be running 44, 45 degrees. They call it in and, you know, by the time we get there four or five hours later, it's, you know, up above 40, 45 degrees, sunshine, and, you know, in the box down temperature running fine. And a lot of guys just think, you know, well, it was a defrost or, you know, you got a bad thermostat or something. And they don't bother to check, you know, the headmaster and they don't bother to check the charge and come to find out, you know, the unit was charged up over the summer, you know, and someone charged a full sight glass when it's hot out or, you know, it does have a leak and that kind of stuff. So that's just, you know, one I run into quite a bit, but, um, you just got to stick with them. So, yeah. And that's kind of like, and they're always annoying. They're always a pain. And I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times it, there's a pizza oven, a Baker's pride, um, uh, oven. That I, I think I'd went there like twice and, you know, they say, Oh, it wasn't light. And you get there, everything's fine. Even test thermopile. It's fine. Under load. And you know, it's, it's to temperature and they're like, Oh, what's working now. 
And a lot of customers will be like, oh, good thing it's working. It just started working. But it ticks me off because I'm like, if I know if I didn't fix it, it's going to go out again. You know, I'm just not confident in it at all. So it's, yeah. uh, I mean, most of that stuff, like you said, you just got to, you know, I guess what I've found is just communicate with the customer. And sometimes you can kind of, most times like you can test like a thermopile on that, you know, sometimes you'll catch it a little bit weak or uh, ohm out some sensors and sometimes you can catch it and you'll have those customers that say, we'll just fix it just in, you know, just to be mm -hmm. uh, preventative. But sometimes you have those ones. It's like, if it's working, don't freaking touch it. Yeah. <laughs> and so it goes out again. Persistence is a key with them. Um, you gotta, you gotta ask questions. I mean, a lot of younger guys, newer guys won't ask questions and, you really got to, you know, especially if you're out there one time and you think you got it, you, it goes down again, you come back and it's still working. You got to stick with the customer. You got to talk to the customer. Hey, what is, what's all running when this happens? You know, um, mm -hmm. it, what are you guys doing? You know, are you cooking a certain thing or is everything coming on heating up? I mean, you know, gas pressure will do it a lot of times too. Say, yeah, um, you know, in the morning when they first turn everything on, you know, a fryer will fall flat, flat on his face. You'll have pilot issues, but you know, once everything else is heated up, it's not on all the time, that fryer may run perfect. You know, it just, it could be a gas volume issue. So there's a lot of different things, but you got to stick with it. Um, you know, I like to, when I run into an intermittent issue, I always like to ask the customer, hey, what time of day does it happen? What are you guys doing when it, you know, what are you guys doing when it, you know, when it goes down? And you just got to stick with it. You got to be with the customer. So, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you got to schedule, you know, to come back when it acts up in the morning, you know, do that. But I mean, you just got to stick with it. It it it's our job to figure out what's going on, and you know, just hitting a reset on a high limit and leaving is not you know the answer. Exactly. Yeah, because it's gonna go out again. I mean, I mean, sometimes you have those high limits that are just bad and they get yeah. too spongy. But I mean, a lot of times it's like I had a newer uh, uh, fryer, and what it was doing was it was putting out the uh, the rollout switch in the morning when they try to light, so I had to reset it a couple of times. And you go out there and it's the temperature cycling fine no issues you know it, and you can't and even if you shut it off you're already at the temperature unless you let it cool for a little bit and shut it back on you can't find anything wrong and i had one like that and to come to find out the uh solenoid um like the 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 i think it's called a pcb solenoid that actually uses the the uh, runner tube to clean the burners before it brings on oh the pilot. The yeah the cleaning fu the function cl on the uh pickers yeah they're famous Which, for the cleaning function on pickers they're famous for that solenoid sticking and it doesn't yep. do it all the time. It's like just yep. randomly it sticks sometimes. Um, and that solenoid is expensive, man. If it's out of it warranty, is. if it's out um, of warranty, dude, I pull the wire off the solenoid and let her go, man. I mean, and that's what I've heard before because I've I've always dug into it. You know, when I first started working on these, I was like, why the heck does it do this? Because the first time I lit up a fryer to you know to work on it, and I saw that the the cleaner uh, function on that valve, like the flame shoot out, and I was like, what the heck was that? And then once you read it, it's like that's normal function, but it's kind of a, I think it's a kind of a silly feature. And like you said, it's stuck, but I, I took a, like a, like a wrench and tapped on it and it closed back off and then it started operating properly. But that kind of lets you know, like, okay, this thing's sticking. Uh, I've got to swap that out. So I, I ended up doing like the guts and the solenoid, the whole body of it. That change is uh, real easy. It's just got the compression fittings on there. It pops off right on. It's, it's yeah. really easy to change, but that thing is expensive for what it is, man. I can't remember what it was. like 320 something bucks, I think. That's why yeah. I said. I always give the customer, especially out of, out of warranty, I give them the option. I'm like, look, this is like a pre clean thing, it cleans up that burner screen. Um, I've seen some that are 15 years old that's never worked and the burners are clean. So, um, mm -hmm. I, 
I mean, I, I understand why it's on there, but I don't see it actually doing much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen guys, you know, just like you said, just pull that wire off. Cause I think you just take the grind off, grind off, ground off of it. And it just, it won't even function. Yeah. Yeah. So we got some guys in here. We got uh rich Malachy's in here. Uh, Adrian, not Adrian, uh, everything HVACR is in here. Uh, Matt Waxer's in here. Matt's a, Matt's a really smart dude. Um, he does a lot of, uh, Aon stuff up in Canada, a lot of big uh, rooftop units and stuff, and he's really job as a service tech is to PR psychology to customer. So yeah, that's right. I mean, talk to the customer, and like you said, the manager may not know what's going on though. You may need to talk to the person that actually turns the stuff on in the morning, or the cook that actually does stuff in the morning. Um, Managers, I mean, you know, the managers may not even know. They just it's broke, Mm -hmm. you know, and they call, and that's about it. That's who, on, I, I, try to, I try to develop a good relationship with the with the cooks and like the, the kitchen manager just because they're usually the ones that will have all the information on what it was doing, what they did before, what it did after, and then when it started working again. Because um, that chase went down for a while and I was like, you know, when's it? It was a tilt skillet. And like, you know, when does this thing go out there? Oh, when we clean. So they're spraying water on the ground and it was shooting up and the seals in that control box where the thermostat is. They didn't have bolts on the bottom, and there was no seal there. So they're spraying in there, water splashing up on that thermostat, and shutting it off. So, yeah, there are their uh, people their own worst enemies when it comes to cleaning. Uh, yeah. Water is, I mean, you see so many kitchens, they got that red high temp, high pressure hose hooked up, and mm-hmm. they come out and they just spray everything. And <laughs> I mean, that'll cause other issues too. I mean, you know, where stuff's wet in the morning and won't light, you know, it dries mm-hmm. out later on in the day and it comes on. So exactly. Yeah. You just gotta know what you just gotta talk to customers. I mean, I mean, I, I can't emphasize that enough to all the guys. I mean, talking to the customers like your number one priority. They're gonna tell you what it is. I mean, and most of the time they'll tell you if they got it wet or if they did something they shouldn't have done. I mean, they'll admit to it. They don't know. I mean, they're doing what they were thought they were told or instructed to do, but in reality, they're you know, they're causing a lot of their own problems. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like you said, you just gotta keep with it, keep persistent. I mean, sometimes you can kind of narrow it down to some things and then have a conversation. Uh, but mainly I always wish, you know, they would call me when it's down. But obviously if they can get it to work and they're busy and it's dinner and it's lunch, they're gonna get it to work. They're not really gonna wait on me, but it'd be nice, you know, if they did. Yeah, I've had some coolers where they do some weird stuff and I've had to put data loggers in where we measure the temperature inside the box and temperature like the condensing area. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it gets to a point where, you know, you've narrowed down everything you can and it's still gonna, it's still gonna, you know, mess up. So, you know, mm-hmm. data loggers play a big part of that too. So I've had to put yeah. data loggers on gas lines and that's kind of uh, a rare one, but it, I mean, it happens, especially, you know, once again, getting cold again. So in my area, a lot of gas heat. We all know that when they build these kitchens, they expect them for this many BTU. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, you know, they've added on 10 more pieces and jammed more stuff in there. It, you know, it may work in the summer and in, in the winter, you start firing up rooftop units to sucking gas and gas falls flat on its face. I mean, and that's that's a huge thing that's kind of ignored is, you know, how many BTUs you're putting out. And, and you see that a lot when customers will switch from, uh, you know, I, I say I saw a customer once switch from a pot burner, one of those open top Vulcans, mm-hmm. um, to a tilt skillet, and they increased the BTU on that. 
And it's, you know, you don't really, they didn't really affect it, but it could be an issue if you keep doing that. If you keep pulling stuff and put it in for something that's going to pull a different amount of gas, you just got to kind of, that, that kind of gets swept under the wayside a lot, but it's up to like, you know, us as the installing, yep, you know, you gotta, contractor. Yep. You got to do your homework, check gas pressure, definitely. Um, and, you know, you got to check volume too. I mean, I've had guys mm-hmm. go in and check pressure and that's the only thing running. I'm like, well, yeah, that's cool. And that's the only thing running. Fire everything else up and it falls on its face. Um, yeah. I had a, a fryer at a, as a seafood place or a boil place. Um, and it was weird. They had a, a they had a big line that had a big giant boiling pot on there. It was like huge. It was like a tilt skill, but it really wasn't. It was just made into this line and it had mm-hmm. a drain valve on it so you drain the water off, but it had huge burners under it. That's what they boiled their crab and stuff in. And yeah. then they had like like four walks, but it came across the front, the gas line did, and it hit everything, and then it came out the end of that line and they ran it over to two fryers. And the very last fryer never worked. It'd work and then when it get busy, it'd fall in space. So I felt oh, every time we're cooking. You know, lunch, we get busy, this fryer just dies, this thing's a turd. You know, I had yeah. several guys out there, and, oh, it's fine, gas pressure's this, gas pressure's that. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm going to get there during lunch. They're like, oh, no one come during lunch, we're too busy. I'm like, no, it, it fails during lunch, I'm going to come during lunch. Mm-hmm. So I put my Bluetooth monometer on there, and I just stepped off to the side, so I was out of the way. Just washed it. It Literally, the gas pressure went down to like 0.25 inches of water column. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Like, well, it is. I'm like, you guys are your own worst enemy. <laughs> Yeah, so it's everything else is sucking it because, like you said, you can't really test it individually in a lot of cases like that. You got to see what total load is, and that's what when I was in that Cephasa class, uh, Dan Reese actually emphasized that a couple times: is don't just check your gas pressure when this fryer is working or this oven's working. Get your total load, your total volume, because yeah. that you know that'll and that and that itself can turn into an intermittent issue or a callback, and you know, and then it seems like nobody knows what's going on with it. When in reality, nothing's wrong with it. It's what's being delivered to it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll see like a lot of stuff now when you do startups, it wants you to check gas with everything on. Mm-hmm. It tells you turn everything on full, you know, and check it in. And it's, it's common on combi ovens, you know, they'll fall, they'll, everything falls on space and runs out of gas, but you know, yeah. they want to catch it before it becomes an issue because they don't want to send us out on the service call. Hey, this thing's not lighting. And come to find out that no, someone didn't do their homework when they installed it, and you know, just not enough gas. Exactly. Yeah, and that's like I said, it's up to us as the installing contractors to do our work because if we don't, somebody will eventually come and do it for us. So. Yeah. <laughs> so Matt Waxer, the chemical composition of natural gas also changes depending on the time of year, which will also affect the BTU per pound of gas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you follow him or not on Instagram, but he goes by uh, the HVAC doctor, and the dude is okay. legit. Like, he's smart, man. He's like one of the smartest guys I've ever seen on there. Um, he does some crazy stuff with some of these Aeon units, so he's uh, definitely a, a good follow. Okay, I think I feel like I, I might follow him on Instagram. If I don't, I'll give him a follow. <laughs> there was some, it may be him. I don't know if it's the same guy, but I. Uh, if it's not him, I can't remember. It may be, but it was, he had a pot like a, or a drain pan underneath the unit, like way up suspended in the ceiling. And he used one of those transfer pumps to get all the water out of it because it overflowed and transfer it outside. And which is like a simple idea, but I'd never thought of that until I saw it. And now that's all out. Like if I got to empty a drain pan, yeah, I'm bringing out the transfer pump. I'm just running <laughs> a vinyl tube outside to the sink. I'm not, you know, dumping because for the longest time you use a shop vac and stuff. But I saw that and I was like, holy crap, man, that's yeah, transfer pump of the hose, your best friend. Yeah, man. So what other things you run into if intermittent issues just 
you know, you get you'll get the fryers that'll run away occasionally. You'll have, you know, some gas valves that stick. Um, mm. It'll cause some issues. Um, and that's mainly stuff like that, like solenoids. You know, are, are a big problem with that. Uh, a lot of ice machine stuff. You know, notorious for it's a, a perfect example. There was uh, actually I had a service called Day on an Ice Machine, and I went there. They said I, it wasn't producing ice about, I think, two weeks ago. They get their full bin of ice. By the time I get there, it's got a full bin of ice, and it's making ice. And, you know, I check everything, make sure everything's in line, check switches, check cleanliness of it, and it's good to go. And before that, somebody else had been out there, too. Same thing. Uh, but I went there today, actually, and the, the pump motor was bad in it. What it's doing is just the, the motor was intermittently working, dying a little bit. That Obviously, that float switch would open, and it wouldn't come on. So I finally found it dead today, but I guess it just, it, it took that motor just dying all the way. And it's like you said, persistency. I mean, it was annoying. And when I got there today, I, I was thinking in my head, I was like, man, I'm gonna get there to a full bin of ice. Show up, pop the bin, empty, nothing's running. Like, yeah, finally. <laughs> finally, it's broken. There it is. So, yeah, I've ran of course, it's holiday weekend when it breaks. I've ran that a lot of motors, especially like fan motors, anything that has capacitor, you know, mm-hmm. capacitor's weak and sometimes... Some spots that motor stops, it may start. Some spots, it may not. I mean, mm-hmm. um, convection ovens are famous for that. Uh, South Bend convection ovens. Um, yeah. The motor will stop. You know, you'll close the door and it just hums. It won't start. It gets a bad spot in the winding and it just stops it stops there. Um, a lot of times you can spin it to a different spot, close the door, it takes off and it runs. Um, so, I mean. Have you changed one of those motors in a South Bend recently? The uh, fur motors, the sealed weird silver ones with all the fins on them. Yeah. 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 I, I just changed one recently, but the one I was sent uh, was different than what was in there. So I guess oh, yeah. they're switching to the stock. The new oh, they changed it. It's called it's a fur FIR. Is I think the manufacturer. It's a sealed different. motor. It's got big aluminum fins on it and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think you can change the start capacitor. I think it's internal. Um, yeah. It they're is. pretty good. Um, the older ones had a problem with sucking in a lot of heat, so I've had mm. pretty good luck with these. I haven't, I've only changed maybe one or two of them. I used to change the old ones all the time. So, okay, yeah, that's that's, and I, I pulled it out of the box. I mean, it fits. You mount it, and it, it fits in there just the same. It just looked different. So I verified part number, and it's just kind of what they're switching to. So I was assuming there was some type of bulletin or service issue with the old ones. No, they just changed manufacturer and something a little more reliable. How many? Speaking of. That how many you changed any sensors recently on a Pitco for <laughs> anymore? Uh, I think we've got them all wrapped up. The ones I've been dealing with. That um, last time when I was on here, I've changed two since then. The next day, I found one bad, but I had one of my trucks. I think it's kind of chilled out. I think they got most of them out of there. Um, <laughs> I haven't had to do it. I don't. I, mean, I rarely get to work on that kind of stuff, dude. I always get the crazy stuff. Yeah, um, especially some of the new guys starting up, they get to do some of the other stuff for me. So. Uh, I yeah. take some of that stuff off, but I'll do them on call or on the weekends. Um, mm-hmm. I pretty much always volunteer to work Saturday um, just so I can try to, you know, we're understaffed and over, you know, over on calls. And so I try to help out on Saturdays. A lot of times I'll run, especially if warranty manufacturer or something, you know, I'll try to run that and take care of that on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greg said not lately. I haven't done any in the last couple of weeks, so we may have ran them all out. Yeah, maybe they're uh, until next time. You know. <laughs> Dude, it was bad. I literally would change them, and the one I change it to would go down the same week. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! Like, I haven't had changes. One, I haven't had one do that, but I have. Like, I mean, I was at one location and, and changed the uh, temperature probe, probe sensor on. I think it was a first in the bank, 
And then like, I was still there and the third one went out and I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like I'm right here. So it's, but I mean, it's, you know, you kind of, I guess I always tell people like with anything, your first year is kind of where you're going to catch a lot of those kinks. If it had some issues in the factory, you're going to kind of catch it the first year. Cause a lot of customers are like, Oh my God, what's, you know, why are you going to work on this so much? It's like, well, it's mechanical stuff happens. So yeah. I don't know what the blame was. I don't know if they said a bad vendor making them or what, but it was crazy. And they all did the exact same thing. So I think there's something in the chemical makeup that just failed on them and caused the issue. Um, uh-huh. Cause like once you hit like 275, your probe's dropping, but your temperature's rising. It's like, whoa, yep. when did it turn to NTC instead of PTC? How's it, how's it do that at a certain temperature? Just, okay, I'm going to start doing this. But Yeah, and that's exactly it. what it's doing. I, I, most of the ones, like you said, would be at 275. I had one that was reading like 135, and it was like 326 in the tank. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's way off, way yeah. off. I've had, I mean, they burn up a lot of high limits, you know, that those things mm-hmm. run away like that. Yeah, so it, the high limits are made to be reset all the time, and people were just resetting them, and you know, could they get them by, or they'd be busy and they just reset it. And as long as you keep throwing product in there, it's not going to overtent. So, yeah, and that's the thing too. Like I, you never should, you know, reset those high limits more than a few times. And most of those times, those probes are put out. I think a few of those I just did the probe and the limit just because the limit was you know spongy when you push it in. Oh uh, yeah, I had some of them that wouldn't even reset. I'm like, how many times did you guys press this? Oh, until it quit pressing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's not good. That's what I, I just changed a high limit the other day on a prior. Uh, I have to get the model number for you, but it's the Pico Frylator and it's the ones with the blue board on the front. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. It's got the the vertical burners, like the stand, upright burners. Huh. And those, those freaking those high limits are a pain to get to because you got to snake in through those burners and you got to use like use a wrench and you have three inches of clearance to fit in there, so you got to like bugs bunny or wrench at back and forth to get it loose and then get the new one back up there. So at least the new ones are easy to work on. So Greg says Pitco says uh, resets are good for a thousand resets. I don't oh, know about wow. all that, but Greg I, know know. Sh- I want to have Greg on. Greg's he's he's a coworker. He's senior tech in my uh, market. And uh, he's been doing 38 years. I'm trying to get him to come on the show and talk about, you know, changes he's seen in the last 38 years in industry. So maybe I'll get talked be, into it. Yeah, that would be a good, uh, be a good guy to be on. Just the guy who's kind of been there, done that. Probably full of knowledge, too. So Yeah, as long as he's not grumpy, he's all right. <laughs> That's what you get, man. You can't you can't have, you know, the, the guy that knows it all and, you know, a uh, sunflower all the time. <laughs> you got to deal with the grumpiness. It's uh, I was talking to a guy. Do you know a guy named Dwayne works up there? Or no. Yeah, I know Dwayne. This, uh, all right, I was just I meant to ask you personally. Where'd you I, see him at? Well, I, I work with a guy down here that knows him. He he, because I, I said he I must like used to work for us and he he worked for uh, uh, General Part. Well, he worked for General Parts, but Service Solutions Group as well. Um, but he asked if, if I, I I knew Dwayne. I was like, no. Nah, his name is Pat because he was asking who who did the show. So Greg's laughing. So Greg, <laughs> me and Dwayne have had our issues in the past, man. I'll leave it at that. I'll be nice. <laughs> right. I didn't mean to bring that up. Oh no, we can talk about it later. I just, I'll just be nice for now. Um, Dwayne's a good guy. Yeah, moving on. No, he's, he, he, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when he wants to work, I mean, we all have our days we don't want to work, and so no. he, I mean, he's smart. Just you know. Been doing this a long time, and a lot of guys get burned out on it. So, 
I am. I mean, that's true. It's like, you know, I try to be a hundred percent all the time, but man, sometimes you, you do hit those days, those weeks where you're just, you know, you're kind of not slacking, but you know, you're not a hundred percent the par. It's just burnout, man. You got to know, you got to recognize it and deal with it accordingly though. Yeah. I mean, I have days where I'm like, I can really just do this and this thing will run and I can leave and I'll be out of here. But I'm like, I know that's not right. You know, yeah. I need to make sure it's done right. So, yeah. And that's what sets, you know, a great tech away from a good tech is willing to, you know, see it through or stick it out. So, exactly. And that's like, you're going to have, you just got to bear down, man, get it done. Cause it's not, it's not, you know, sometimes I feel the burnout, but usually it's just, out of procrastination is where that burnout comes from. If you just really get through all that stuff and get it done, then you're like, okay, that's out of the way. Kind of take a breather. And that's what I was looking for now. Holidays, man. Get me to the holidays. I'm good. <laughs> I know my my guy I talk to all the time at my work about my stuff, you know, with this and the guy I deal with. And he's like, just take time off. He's like, don't do anything next week. Don't post on social media. Don't don't put a video out. Don't, he's like, just take some time off. I'm like, no, that's not gonna happen. No, that's like a half. Yeah, it's. I mean, I get. I would. I would imagine you get antsy because you're kind of like that at work too. You just gotta. Yeah, keep I can't it moving, keep it moving. And I was gonna be doing something, man. And like I said, I I took two weeks vacation earlier this year, and I went to Vegas for five days, and I went to Florida for like nine days. And Vegas is all right because there's enough stuff to keep me busy. But when I I don't have anything to stimulate me, I was stuck in. I was. We had a house on the beach. And the beach ain't my deal. I don't care about the beach. I mean, I'll go down there and hang out for a little bit with my friends and stuff, but I'm not yeah. going to be down there. Those people get down there at 8 o'clock in the morning and drink till 5 o'clock. They come back, take a shower, and go partying all night. I'm like, that's not me, man. I can't do that no. anymore. I feel like death. I can't do it. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of party left in me. <laughs> well, by the time Tuesday rolled around, dude, I was creating a website for this, uh, for my YouTube, you know, for my podcast. I was like, I'm going to create a website. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. At a table, looking out a window at the beach, create you to create a website. But why's like, <laughs> you know, there's something wrong with you. The hustler never sleeps. <laughs> yeah. That's what you gotta say. Uh, Matt Waxer, seeing it through, seeing it through is part of taking five minutes to be a better tech. Exactly. Um, mm. You know, some of the guys just get rushed through and get on the next call. But I mean, you gotta see it through. So, hundred percent. And sometimes it does take a little breather. Like if you, uh, I find myself especially early in this. Um, cause I used to do residential HVAC and I did yeah. residential automation. And so like, I, you know, it's not that that's easy or anything, but I, I wanted to make it, you know, to the point where I did stuff really good and perfect. And I didn't want to ever be stumped on anything. So when I came to this, such a huge learning curve here, <laughs> it was like every day I was like, man, am I ever going to get this? And I was just like, you know, just beating myself up constantly trying to read as much as I could, you know, and then like, but then when you do that and you kind of lose track, then you start making silly mistakes and you know, you, you forget the basics. And so it's uh, you gotta, you gotta acknowledge the learning curve and acknowledge when you're, you know, um, uh, I guess getting feathers instead of the chickens as my service manager would say. So Dude, there's, like, there's days I still get beat up on stuff. I'm like, man, why am I doing this? Why did I do it this way? I mean, <laughs> you're never going to get a hundred percent over it. It's always going to be there. It's just how you deal with it, how you handle it. And yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I can tell it's going to be one of those days though, like first call a day and it just, I can't fix it. It just beats me up. And my problem is I let that sit in my head and mm -hmm. just dwell on it all day. And it, it doesn't do me any good to do that because it just yeah. ruins my whole day. I'm terrible about fixating on one dumb, small little piece and just letting it spiral out of control. Same. Yeah. I do the same thing. Or like you, it, it's, 
you know, you do something, and then you think later on, I do that all the time. Like, oh, I could have done that a better way. I could have been a little faster than that. I should have done this. I should have checked mm-hmm. this first. And I'm like, man, sometimes you got to tell yourself, like, is what it is. <laughs> Greg says hot dog roller. So we picked up Myers uh. <laughs> again, doing some work, and he's got a hot dog roller. Just it won't go away. It's, you know, they could have bought another <laughs> hot dog roller for what we're going to, they're going to, we're going to charge them. So, jeez. What's to those things? Is that just the heating element and rollers and a couple of motors? Or? Uh, so it just depends on the manufacturer. I think his just has tubes, and then the elements go through the tubes, and they clip in. Um, and it's got rollers that have uh, gears on them and some seals that hold it up. There's, I mean, it just depends on the size. Some of them are like 1000 bucks. Some of them are going to be a little more. But mm. it comes to a point where it's just buy another one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I see. Some of those huge ones at like gas stations, like those. I think they're Hatco's, right? They're like the three. Uh, it's got like the three sections on them. They're pretty massive things, but yeah, there's some big ones. Um, I'm not sure the manufacturer is the ones he's been dealing with. I think it was Nimco, maybe. Um, oh, maybe that's what it is. Not Hatco. Yeah. <laughs> Any big plans for holiday or anything? Uh, I mean. I don't know. <laughs> we were we're gonna go to we're gonna uh, we used to do Christmas at my uh, wife's grandma's house down in Bowling Green, but now it's like we got so much family up here, and you know our family just you know we have three kids, and you know, we're just so huge. Uh, trekking during the holidays is kind of not very feasible, so we're doing Christmas again here. Uh, we did it here last year too, and mother in laws on Sunday if we can if we can make it. So I'll be all right by Sunday. <laughs> Greg's hoping they close tomorrow. He don't want to work tomorrow. Oh yeah, you guys are working tomorrow. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. We, we have a guy on call, so hopefully, God, Godspeed. <laughs> Who's the guy that used to work with us, at, or used to work at General Parks and SSG? Who is it? Uh, Robert Sorensen. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, I don't know how. Yeah, I know who he is. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's uh, been a few years. Yeah, and uh, man, he worked at Certified back in the day, and well, whoever, whatever Tech Twenty Four was before it was Tech Twenty Four. I think that was Certified, maybe. I don't know. There's some SSG or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. You it's... still see some of those stickers down here. Yeah, it's everything's changed names, and it's a it's a wild time in the industry. <laughs> yeah, but it's all Parts Town now, anyway. <laughs> well, Parts Town or Tech Twenty Four. Yeah, uh, or whoever uh, owns Ecolab or uh, is that Hobart? Smart Care? No, oh, it's Smart Hobart's yeah. RTI or something. Mm. So I see Ecolab down here sometimes, and they it's they. I don't know. I never really knew exactly what they worked on until we had a customer that had used to use them, and because I always thought it was Smart Care because they do pest control too. They do a ton of stuff. Yeah, Ecolab's a chemical company, and they do like dish machines and chemical and is there anything chemical they do it so they bought like they went around buying up uh service companies and they started you go to the name gcs and eventually it became ecolab equipment care and then they sold off and became smart care and it became you know uh i think it's it's still smart care so but i'm not sure okay. who owns them now it's a big group that big conglomerate but um, they do pretty good stuff. They have a pretty good training department. And they're trying to ramp up some of that kind of stuff too. So, okay, yeah, it's a, you see their trucks around here uh, pretty often, uh, but I never, you know, really knew the basis of what they did because there's so much to keep up with. So, 
Oh, yeah. There, there's so many companies. And then you'll see, like, you know, a mechanical company, and all of a sudden, you know, they got 10 guys doing this kind of stuff. I'm like, I didn't have any idea they did this stuff. It's just, it's weird. Mm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it seems like a lot of people are, there's a ton of one-off kind of companies who are HVAC mechanical who are doing, like, the kitchen stuff now. Um, but we'll see if that's good or bad. I mean, we do that. You know, we were a mechanical company, an HVAC company. Um, but I think we got a pretty decent, we got a good solid foundation in the food service stuff. So there's a ton of money to be made in the food service industry and it, it's, we're low on tech. So if you think you can do it, I mean, a lot of guys are going to do it. So exactly. Uh, it, we, I, I mean, there's a ton of guys who won't, it's kind of like, you know, we had some new, uh, a new guy starting in January and he's, uh, actually the son of one of the other techs here. And they're just going to put him straight on doing, you know, kitchen stuff, kind of learn it that way. Because he's never done anything. So it's, I think, the anything in this trade. So they're just going to put him in that that avenue, which is good because we need guys there. Yeah, my son, he's been with us probably four months now. And he's learned a bunch. And he's uh, he's got that attitude where he just wants to jump in. So, I mean, if he sees me working on something, he's trying to push me out of the way if he's working with me. So, uh We'll see. Um, we just to make sure he gets trained right and learns the right way. So it's up to you, man. <laughs> you train me. That's kind of bad, though. I mean, I hate to say it. It's just because, like, the stuff I work on is not stuff he's going to be working on. I get all the combis and the crazy stuff, and he needs to be seeing all the basic stuff. And I try mm. to tell him, like, hey, either you're going to put him with someone's going to see the basic stuff, or I'm going to have to work on the basic stuff so I explain it to him. And yeah, it's just you, it's you. It's crazy. Do you like fight the urge? Like, since it's your son, do you fight the urge to, uh, like, be too quick to help him out? You know, no, it's like a fatherly. Well, I, yeah, I have to. I did, I don't do it though. I let him struggle. I mean, because I could. I mean, we go to a job, and Greg's the same way. We've been doing this long enough where you get there and you know what it is. I mean, you you, you see the call, you know what piece of equipment is, and you've you've got it narrowed down two or three things, and you go right to those things. But the problem is, he's not going to learn when you do it that way. So you got to be able to. Okay, this is what it's doing. What do you think it is? Okay, what mm-hmm. are you going to check first? And you got to kind of walk him down that path. And you know what it is because you've been doing it long enough. You've seen it before, but you got to make sure he knows how to check it. You know, exactly. So, yeah. And that's where, like, it's like tech, the tech support's kind of like that, too. And I'm not blaming tech support on anything, but um, there's some where you'll call and give them the issues and what you, you know, you know, or even to the point you get to, and they're like, oh, it's this. And they won't really I, I wish they kind of were a little more thorough for the most part and walked you through to that point because you got a lot of new guys in the industry you know it's like i'm still pretty new uh so i would like to know sometimes i have to ask them like you know slow down and stop and you know tell me how to get to that point so i don't have to call you again you know and verify something that you kind of told me off the bat well i mean you've called me or texted me on jobs and i i'm notorious where i won't tell you the answer i'll tell you I'll ask questions, and if you can't answer that question, you know, you got to go get me to answer that question. Generally, if you get to answer that question, you fix it yourself. You figured it out. I think I have. I've called you and I texted you on stuff before, and I'll tell you what I found, and then you just won't reply. And I'm like, dang it. (laughs) And then I'll be like, oh, that's because I just told him the answer. Yeah, I'm bad about it. (laughs) Some of the guys feel like they learned it themselves. I don't want to tell them. I want them to, I want them to, you know, go through it, work through it themselves. And I think a lot of, you know, most guys are going to learn that way. If you just tell Mm -hmm. someone the answer, they're going to call you all the time just wanting the answer. And sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I got to think about it. Sometimes, you know, if I'm I'm asking you questions, I'm like, because I want to know if that's it. 
you know, and it, you know, most of the time it works out pretty well. So, but I got guys a lot of times, you know, they lie to you and that's, that drives me nuts. I'm like, Hey, what's the voltage? Oh, it's this. And then come to find out it's not, or, you know, you'll get guys that will troubleshoot. They're checking voltage to ground. I'm like, no, you can't do that. You know, you get a coil on a solenoid and I, well, I got 120 volts to ground on both sides. Well, what do you have, you know, you know, from, from line to line? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got 120 volts to ground. I'm like, no, that's not what I asked you. Yeah, what do you have for me? You have both point. sides there. I mean, you may have, you know, you may be missing a side of it somewhere, but guys don't get it. They just want to check the ground. I'm like, stop checking the ground. Yeah. Unless I usually, they, I, I never, I mean, sometimes I do just to, you know, just like a short verification, but mm-hmm. uh, I usually just, you know, point to point is, you know, is where you you want to check because anything can happen in between because it's like yeah you have it to ground but where's your neutral what's your neutral yeah. what's your you check the, so. the path it's taking is what i try to explain to guys the path that's taking to get there is the path you want to check uh yeah. no shortcuts yeah that's what so checking grounds is a shortcut it, it, it did i get guys all the time it burns them you know especially on I solenoids think, I, and stuff i'm like nope you yeah. only have half the power you need yeah that's it i mean it's huge i mean sometimes you'll get away with it but still why it's 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 just as easy to check point to point than Instagram. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't understand, you know. And, and a lot of electrical handbooks that will tell you never to check to ground to verify yeah. voltage. So it's, yeah, I, that's like the last thing I do. Like the only time I check voltage to ground is I want to make sure I don't have power present. Like mm-hmm. so, if I'm like if I check and see if I get the equipment turned off and verify it has power off, I check you know each leg to ground. That's about the only time I check the ground, just because yeah. I don't want to get lit up. <laughs> Just like a safety thing too, and that's and that, and I've heard that before too, and that's just to make sure you're not about to put your hand in something hot. Yeah, so. well, I mean, but you then you still run the risk of like you know I had that combi oven where the grounds weren't tied together, so they had two individual um, ground lugs in a disconnect, and they had each wire tied to each one, and then they didn't have it, they didn't clean the metal off the disconnect where they screwed it in. They went through pre-existing holes and actually screwed through the metal. It wasn't touching the metal; it was touching the formica behind it. So, or not formica, but the uh, whatever that board is, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't grounded. It blew an element to. It blew an element in the boiler, dude. It was sending like 187 volts to ground to the unit next to it. It was lighting oh people gosh. up. It was light. This, this thing, that thing is still down. It's <laughs> just a nightmare, dude. I changed the elements. I changed the high limit. Just a wild uh, leg on it, or just the bad ground on it? Uh, it was wild leg, and that was just the leg that actually shorted to ground, mm. and it was just it, did, it shocked this little old lady, dude. <laughs> it lit her. She was trying well, to yeah, kill man. me off. <laughs> it's bad. Like, yeah. Dang man, you gotta watch out for the wild legs. They'll, I mean, they're dangerous, and always verify. And I mean, you're never really supposed to use them, but well, you you can use them. You just don't want to use them on like control circuits. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, I that's on the Cefesa test. That is. It's a question in there. Uh, Maybe. I hope. <laughs> it probably is. I always just make sure I don't have my controls. And this one was on control too. Yeah. I changed it, but uh rationale controls are all 240, so or 208. Mm-hmm. So it really isn't a big deal on that. But yeah, dude, those pictures of that of that disconnect are crazy. And I showed my son it because we were there last week. I was like, look at this. And he's like, what is that? And I told him. I was like, see that little lady over there? He's like, yeah. I was like, it was lighting her up. <laughs> shocked her up, man. I think it's, it's horrible. Yeah. There's nothing worse than getting shocked than you not. Know. Like, if we get shocked, it's like, we're not expecting it, but we're kind of like, we're prepared for it, you know, ish. But yeah. like, if you're just cooking in a kitchen and it lights you up, I mean, that's out of nowhere. It's a different, it's a different yeah. story. Yeah. Well, the problem was like the other oven did the same thing. Like, 
three months beforehand too. It shorted the ground, wasn't grounded, and it shocked people. And then, you know, three months later, the other one did it. I was like, what's the luck, man? <laughs> I remember seeing that on your on your story. Because yeah. that ground was like, you could you should shake it, couldn't you? Yeah, it I could like shake it. And you could see it spark and stuff, man. It was nuts. Yeah. It never did trip to breaker just because it wasn't mm. grounded. I was like, man. Yeah. They tried telling us, oh, you guys wired that disconnect. I was like, no, I didn't. I was like, I know exactly who did. <laughs> yeah. Was the electrician, I guess? Or? Yeah, I was an electrician for a company that does like, they do what we do and they do some other stuff, but mm. they, they don't have a very good rep. I'm not going to beat them up. I'm not going to name names, but they don't have a very good reputation for the area for, you know, doing some stuff. They do some pretty hacky stuff and they're just not properly trained. So, I, I mean, they're not beating anybody up. I mean, they're just doing what they think they know what's right and they don't really know what's right. I feel like I might know who you're talking about, <laughs> but I won't. I'll, I'll tell you later. <laughs> yeah, Matt said use a chicken stick before touching anything with voltage applied to equipment. Such a great habit to have. So he's talking about the little uh, no contact voltage things. Uh, yeah, I carry one of those, and I only use it to, you know, for safety. I don't know yeah, really. I've seen guys troubleshoot with them. I'm like, what are you no, doing? Hell no, hell <laughs> no. Like, well, and the first thing you gotta do is you gotta check something live. You know it's live. You gotta check it first before you can even, you know, use it on anything else. That's yeah. how I always do it. I find something's live, I check it, okay, it's working. But I, yeah. I never you know do anything to risk my life with it. I mean, I couldn't believe troubleshooting with them. I got one that checks like low voltage, it, it'll read down to like eighteen volts. Oh, that's it'll cool. tick off. Uh, my meter has a no contact setting on it too, but I still carry one of those. It's like a Klein stick. I just yeah. like will put it around, and, but that's the extent of it. And even still, I'll still check with my meter because you never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, the intermittent uh, issues they'll beat you up. So I mean. You gotta ask questions. You gotta stick to it. You gotta uh, mm-hmm. make sure you talk to the right customer. Um, I had some yeah. grills. The customer was getting wet, and uh, everyone I talked to, you know, it always happened at night. They come in in the morning. The grills wouldn't turn on. Um, control fuse would be blown or GFCI would be tripped. And I'd get there, change the fuse, you know, and it'd run. Could never figure anything out. Um, and then one day I was there in the afternoon, and the guy that happens to close at night came in. And he's like, oh, the girl's acting up. I was like, yeah. I said, I don't know what's going off. He goes, I said, he's like, I was like, man, this girl's really clean. I was like, it doesn't make sense. He goes, yeah, I cleaned it last night. And then this morning they said it wouldn't come back on. I was like, oh, I'm like, how'd you clean it? And he's like, oh, I took a bucket of water and just throw it on there. I'm like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Not at all. Factory spec. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I didn't teach you guys how to do that. I told you guys to take a damp cloth and, you know, not throw buckets of water on there. So, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And that's a big thing, too. It's a lot of stuff, intermittent issues or issues in general are just not cleaning properly, not properly trained on equipment, uh, and then expecting it to do things that isn't feasible. Like, you know, obviously it's not going to work if it's wet. So a lot of people don't take that consideration. And, you know, you see a lot of stuff just broken, either on purpose or, I mean, I had a service call once. I went out of the way on a fryer that wasn't light and I get there and the actual gas safety valve was shut off. Like, who, who shut this off? <laughs> like, how did this happen? And they're like, you talk to the kitchen manager, and the manager, like, oh, we didn't do that. Somebody <laughs> did. <laughs> I mean, no one would touch that. I'm like, no, it's magically like you got to push that thing in and turn it. It yeah, doesn't just turn it on its own. You yeah, can't just and, like and it smack it. Yeah. And that's why I told my service manager, I was like, 
yeah, the gas is shut off. And he's like, oh, I wonder if like a plumber or something's out there. It's like, no, the gas safety valve is shut off inside the, and it's a tubing. The one on the, there was two of them. The one on the right was fine. The one on the left had a gas valve shut off. I'm like, who did this? So I called other techs, like, did you like work on this? And is there a reason the gas is shut off? Like, no. So I turned it back on, obviously. And it's still, you know, it's still a service call to them. And so. Yeah. I used to run into a lot with, um, like, uh, uh, the Garland combination of valves on like griddles and stuff where it has the pilot built into the, the thermostat. So if you turn, you can turn the knob, the pilot and the pilot stays on, but most of the time people just turn it all the way to off and then the pilot goes out and they'll call in the camera pilots always going out on this grill or whatever. And you get out there and like, you like the pilot, everything's fine. Like, Oh, you know, it's fine. You know, I don't see an issue with it. everything's working and mm-hmm. you know, you come back and they'll call back in. Hey, next day the pilot's out again. They come to find out, you know, you guys have to talk to the right person, and they're turning that valve past the pilot position to completely off, and it kills the pilot every time. I'm like, yep. and those valves are notorious for it. People just cranking on them and turning them past where they go. So, yeah, and that's a it's you know just not being properly trained on it, which is a huge issue. A lot of these places, you'll get people who are either new to a kitchen or you know it doesn't matter to them if a, if a, you know something's not working. So it's just kind of one of those things where no diligence, which luckily I don't see a whole lot, but we do have some locations where that's a problem, but everyone does. Yeah. Uh, training is the biggest issue, man. It just, and it, it, a lot of it's just, it's constant overturn or constant overturn of employees or new employees coming in and people change position all the time in a restaurant and people don't know. They think they're doing it right. You know, well, I used to do it like this in my old restaurant, you know, yeah. Well, this ain't your old restaurant. This ain't the piece of equipment you had at the old restaurant. You can't do that with this one. And exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, what's the what's the the worst thing you've worked on this week? <laughs> your worst job of the week. That's our new segment. Shoot, last week would have been that <laughs> fry fry pot change out. Um, oh, I've had right. a pretty easy had a pretty easy week. Uh, done some startups. Um, well, okay. Worst thing I've done this week is uh, so at a local university they had 24 feet of Hussman um, self-contained grabbing your cases. Um, mm. These units have been notorious, notorious for blowing up compressors. So they put them in a cubby, a cutout in this basement in this little food court area, and yeah. the compressor. There were six condensing units. There's two condensing units per unit. It's eight foot, and there was three of them molded together and made a 24 foot case. Well, there was no airflow up there. I actually measured discharge temp out of the compressor of over 300 degrees. Like I measured like 340 degrees one day. And so you're thinking your temperature inside that compressor is like over 400 degrees at that point. It's cooking the oil. Um, We've changed like three or four compressors on this thing. It's three years old. Um, I had one compressor down. So they wanted us to go in there and it's, it's 24 feet long. So you have to take three pallet jacks down in there. You got to take blocking. You got to jack the whole thing up at once and pull it out because everything's behind it. Um, oh to get it all apart. So we pulled it out. We took the middle eight foot section out because it had that compressor. And we took the right and left section. And we slid them together and bolted them back together and put it back in place. So I get them back in place and wire everything up. I still got to do drains and stuff. I was like, let's fire them up, see if they run. So the right unit, both sections ran. The left unit, the right section ran. And the left unit wouldn't run. And it just sounds like marbles. So I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I get there and put my gauges on there. And I'm 150 PSI both sides. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, no. So Equalized compressor on? 
Yeah, pressers just sound like marbles. I don't know if it broke off inside or broke the crank or what, but it's just it's not yeah. pumping the crap. And Jeez. so I gotta go back next week and I I cut out the one compressor that was good and I braced it over and closed it up. So I gotta go back next week and put that compressor on for that one Gosh. that's up there. But that compressor that's up there is not even a year old yet. But dude, the discharge it was so hot up there, it just sucking hot air. It's just stupid, man. I mean, that's a recipe for disaster. You got to do something with that. Let me cool well, the space. Yeah. What do you do? Do you cool well, that area? Well, they had it drywall. They knocked the drywall out, and then it was just sucking air from me above the ceiling. So then they mm-hmm. put um, – they didn't put supply lines. They put return lines. So it was sucking the heat. It was supposed to suck the heat off the compressors, but it really didn't work very well because it had some fancy plate across the front that kind of blocked it off. Um, yeah. People that worked on it before us had taken the panels off to block the airflow to try to – there's airflow panels that kind of diverted the air, like to suck air in to the, the condensing coil so they didn't blow on each other. But mm. all that stuff was gone. It was just just a nightmare, man. Um, I guess when they put that in, it was like a hundred and some thousand dollars. It was going to cost them an additional fifty thousand dollars to have them all remote condensed, and they didn't want to do it. And they put all the uh, condensing units on top of there, and it's just it, it just kills. They just they're dying left and right. Well, I mean, it's just, you're just you're gonna have nothing but issues with that. Oh yeah, this compressor dying, compressor dying. Um, so these use those. Um, uh, they're a couple of units that have the digital, like low pressure control with the uh, discharge line um, thermostat. So if the discharge line gets too hot, it actually opens up and kills the compressor. Mm-hmm. But half of them are just hanging because they, they've been acting up. People that worked on them before us would just knock them off the discharge line. They'd just be hanging in the air so they wouldn't measure anything. Just. Uh, every time I got a call on, I just cringe. <laughs> I'm like, please don't be a compressor because. One compressor is easy to get to because it's on this side, but the other compressor is on the back side. And yeah. It's like it's just you, you just got to jack it up, slide it out, or take it apart. Oh yeah, it. it's not so bad now. It's only two sections. You can I can manhandle it around. It's yeah. not fun, but it, it I can manhandle it. It's three of them. You couldn't manhandle it because it was like wedged in there. It had like an inch on each side, so you couldn't like drag one end out. It was just a nightmare. Yeah. But so I tore it all apart, and like it came with hardware to bolt it together. And someone didn't use the hardware. They just put like self-tapping screws in there. It's like it was like it's like eighth-inch steel plates, and they like use these big three-eighths head self-tappers and just like ran them in there. So I was trying to find bolts. I couldn't find bolts. So I was taking a, a unit bit. I was drilling holes and just putting like half-inch bolts, bolting it back together because I didn't trust putting it back together with freaking uh, self-tapping bolts, self-tapping screws. So Never that was uh, these bolts. Whatever you can't. I mean, some of that yeah. stuff. I mean, oh, yeah, it's going to strip out. Yeah. yeah, so that was my uh, headache for the week. It's going to roll into next week, it looks like. Yeah. Now you got to think about it all weekend. I don't bother <laughs> me. It's a really cool place, man. They, they actually use us because of me because this guy that was a chef there, um, I went to bat for him on a unit that was warranty that the manufacturer didn't want to cover. And I was like, no, this is a manufacturing defect. And uh, yeah. it went from the manufacturer supplying the parts to end up the manufacturer paying for everything. So it was a pretty, it was a big blast chiller. I had changed three TXVs, had a big giant coil in it, and it was leaking in several spots. So I changed all the TXVs and did much work to it. And um, he ended up coming to this university, and he didn't like to come to his area, threw him out, and requested that he, he knew where I worked at, just requested us to do all his work. And it's been a, it's been my account ever since. Nice, nice. Yeah, nice. Well, that's it's, good. Yeah, it's cool when a customer only wants you in there. I mean, but it's not so bad with a small account, like a couple locations. But this is a—I mean, it's a university. It's not a big university, but it's a university. Yeah. They got, you know, they got 
several kitchens. They've got a, a field house. They've got a food truck. I mean, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, it's it, it is good to get requested. It feels good. I actually have some. Re- I, I get requested, you know, here and there. And I was yeah. always surprised because even like new, but I was just I'm like a like an information vomiter. Like I'll just yeah. like anything I know. Like I'll let you know. And I think back, customers love that. So yeah, it, treat people like human beings. Don't walk in and give them the short answer. Explain to them what you did, what's going on with the equipment. It goes a long way. So yeah, um, that's how I succeed so much as I take my time to explain to customers. Because sometimes, I mean, you'll get those some managers that don't care, but you know, the ones that do care, it's going to matter because they're going to want you out there because you explained it to them and you didn't make them feel like an idiot. And then now they know, and then like they feel good about themselves because they feel like they know more about their equipment. And that's just, you know, and I was just like, you know, for until not to come back. Get out of here, Greg. I used to say Greg was Grumpy Cat. You remember the old the Grumpy Cat, the meme? It was like, oh, yeah. That's what Greg <laughs> looks Greg? like. I call, I Greg looks like Grumpy Cat. He's actually nice. He's got a pretty good sense of humor, but he just looks grumpy all the time. He's got he's got RBF, man, and people just don't know how to take him. So a lot of times they think he's pissed off. And yeah. I mean the old the old the people that love him are the old cafeteria ladies. They love him. Everyone well, else is kind of Greg. Everyone else is kind of like he's grumpy. He's mean. So yeah. So what was your uh, crap job of the week? Man, uh, well, I honestly had a pretty decent week. But uh, yesterday we actually changed a uh, drain pan water reservoir on a, uh, on a Crestcore holding cabinet. It's the, uh, what is it called? The humidity controlled Crestcore heating cabinet. Uh, and that's kind of a pain because you got you to gotta pull it out. You got to lay it on its side. You got to take the drip pan off the bottom and then take the, all the screws out on off the reservoir and pull that out. And the only thing that's such a pain about that is the housing over it covers the back three screws. So you can't get to them. So you got to put like a flex bit in there and then pull that out. And it's got like a, like a heat hot block silicone on it, um, like a heat rated. So you got to pry that off. And I mean, it's not really like a pain, but kind of, I mean, it's just kind of one of those set you up for failure thing so we i mean we got through it but it was not a fun fun ordeal for anyone <laughs> i always like it when uh um you get a call and you know you do it and you're like man this thing was such a pain in the butt and then like you talk to someone else like no you could have just done it this way and been done like half the time i'm like oh i wish i would have done that ahead of time <laughs> i'm sure you know of an easy way that i could have done that man but, there's a lot a lot of times, if I haven't done it, I'm not. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm like, I don't know. I haven't done it. I'll tell the yeah. truth. Well, it was. It's only three years old, and the actual uh, drain um, outlet on it uh, that just comes right out the front of the reservoir. It's. I mean, there was two big holes in it. It looked like it had like rotted. How much lime scales in the fan? Was the pan clean on lime scale? Uh, the, uh, yeah. I mean, it was. So there, it's enough. it's whatever they're cleaning it with doing it. Yeah. So it's. So, uh, it, it's probably wasn't a, it probably had like impurities in the weld or whatever and then whatever they're descaling it with probably attacked the weld that's probably what happened they killed it i mean there was two holes because i got there and it was leaking and you know my first thought was um that compression fitting was loose yeah and you know, i tried to tighten that up and then i pulled the actual drip pan off the bottom and you could see it clear as day i mean it's two massive holes so it was you know a lot of work for just you know like you said probably probably something self-inflicted but uh, oh dude 
Dumb people keep us in business, man. If people were smart, hey, we wouldn't have a job, dude. <laughs> That's we true. wouldn't be in our shoes. So, yeah, yeah. All right, man. I think I'm gonna wrap it up. It's been uh, almost an hour. All right, I'm gonna keep you. Enjoy your uh, four day weekend and have a good Christmas, right, man. Hopefully, you don't get called in tomorrow. You don't have to work tomorrow. Hey, I'm hoping. Not. I mean, I gotta work regardless. <laughs> I was already told. Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm not working in the field, I'm working on training stuff. So we'll see. Yeah. So. All right, man. Well, I appreciate uh, appreciate you having me on, and looking forward to next time. And um, you know, definitely informative. <laughs> All right. See you. Take care, guys. Hi, right, man. We'll see you.